One of the first things that I saw today when checking the news was a long serpentine green, white, and black ribbon of Palestinian flags draped over a sea of protesters, snaking its way through a crowd. We'll look at how this ties in with the energies of this time period after I welcome you to episode 30 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is a system for keeping track of both days in the regular sense and energies, as the energies of the days are key components of this 260-day system that involves the interconnecting and cycling of 20 unique solar forces in combination with 13 unique numerical powers to create a count of days called a Zulkan. Each of the 260 days in the cycle is unique and every person carries the energetic imprint of the forces that were in play at the time of their birth. Both the blog and this podcast follow the Mesoamerican calendrical tradition of timekeeping involving Tristinas, 13-day periods, each of which has a particular theme that ties in with the initiating energy or the first day of whatever Tristina we happen to be in. At the moment, we're in the Chikchan Tristina, a serpentine type of energy that relates to the general idea of life force, liberation, culture, and awakening. So, all 13 days within this time frame will be influenced by this kind of energy in some way. I should emphasize that the beginning of this Tristina, which was one, Chikchan, the initiation of life force, awakening, and so on, marks another important shift point within the Zolkan cycle. This happens five times during the 260-day period. So every 52 days, we come to another shift point. This is the third one in the overall cycle. And on this one Chikchan day, there were a number of very important shifts in world events that included the CDC's lifting of mask mandates for vaccinated people in the U.S., which President Biden called a good day for the country. No doubt the 268 million people in the U.S. who have received at least one dose and the 120 million who are fully vaccinated there are now feeling a great sense of relief and some newfound freedom. But let's not forget that there are still tens of thousands of new cases in that country every day. 
And the total number of deaths in the U.S. alone is almost 600,000. So this particular lifting only represents newfound freedom for some, but not all. And other countries are still far behind in terms of vaccination programs. In the U.S., another shift came in the form of an announcement of the formation of a new political movement, one that's taking aim at the dumpster's hold on the GOP and calling, basically, for a reform of that party. As was all over the news the day before, on the last day of the previous Chasina, the Republican Party basically split in two, or, as Rachel Maddow put it, tore itself apart when a group of Republican so-called lawmakers voted to oust House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney for being outspoken about the big lie that the election was stolen or rigged. The key question associated with that vote was, do you support truth or lies? With the answer to that being central to whether or not democracy is going to even survive in the U.S. Columnist Eugene Robinson published an opinion article in the Washington Post about this, titled, The Biggest Threat to America is the Republican Break with Reality, where he pointed out that, quote, the greatest threat to that nation's future is not COVID-19 or the rise of China or even the existential challenge of climate change. It is the Republican Party's attempt to seize and hold power by offering voters the seductive choice of rejecting inconvenient facts and basic logic, unquote. Yikes. But that is exactly what we've been seeing. So decisions were made, and it was clear who was on one side or the other. Those who could only kowtow to the dumpster, that is the supporters of the big lie, are on one side, and those willing to fight for truth, freedom, and democracy are on the other. As I noted in my horoscope blog, Liz Cheney is among a number of well-known lawmakers who was born during this Tresina. So it's not surprising that she is on the side of those pushing for truth. Even though her political stance is very different from those on the Democratic side of the arena, as Seth Myers noted, she helped to build the modern GOP into the monster that it is today. As of this day, she was basically purged by her Republican colleagues for simply stating the reality that the dumpster lost, and there is no, no widespread fraud. 
In this regard, she stood firm for truth and justice. In the midst of a firestorm of deniers who can't seem to see the fire for the smoke within their own party. That same evening, Stephen Colbert pointed out in his own inimitable way that it has become clear that now, quote, the only GOP purity test is loyalty to Mayor McTreason. Like so many others, Stephen refuses to use his actual name. You've probably noticed that I rarely use it myself. But really, who would have thought? A few years ago, or was it decades, prior to the nightmare of the Trumpian years, it would have seemed unfathomable that the U.S. would come to something like this, a country that has long crowed about being the land of the free. But the kowtowing group, many of whom were in the capital and running for their lives at the time of the January 6th insurrection, have even been trying to play that down. Just after this tearing apart vote, one of the security officers who was trying to defend the Capitol spoke with CNN's Don Lemon. His name is Michael Fanon, a 40-year-old father of four who was attacked by rampaging thugs on that day, an attack that caused him to have a heart attack as he was pulled down a set of stairs and beaten with a flagpole as he was trying to defend the Capitol. Basically, people were trying to kill him. He also suffered a traumatic brain injury and now has PTSD as a result of it. When he spoke with Don Lemon just after that vote, it was clear that he was thoroughly disgusted and disillusioned as he spoke about the total BS of those trying to play down or even deny the severity of the attack, during which many were badly injured and some officers even killed. Those who have decided that enough is enough, as they announced the formation of a new political movement in the U.S. as of May 13th, one Chan, stated that it is clear that the present GOP has now become, in their words, quote, rotten to its core with its persistent attacks on democracy, unquote. So as of this day, they began with a call to either reform or repeal the Republican Party to reimagine a party dedicated to the founding ideals or else hasten the creation of an alternative. It's interesting to see as well how this has evolved since exactly one cycle before this key vote. John Dean, who was such a key player in the Watergate crisis at the time that Nixon was going down, published a book called Authoritarian Nightmare about the dumpster and his followers. And one cycle before that, which was December of 2019, 
the U.S. Inspector General's report came out that validated the FBI's findings about the origins of the Russia investigation, showing conclusively that none of that was a hoax or a witch hunt, as the dumpster was trying to claim. And then going back even one more cycle to the spring of 2019, we see that that was when attorney, then Attorney General Barr was falling over himself trying to cover up the findings of the Mueller report. So it seems that cycle after cycle, things build up. And by the time the Chikchan Tresina comes into place, something needs to be done to turn on the spotlight of truth and justice. As happened during the impeachment proceedings two cycles ago. With regard to the Republican Party and this chasm in its membership that's now in place, this split was becoming quite evident when this truth and justice, Tristina, came into place last summer when the basically hmm, non-Republican convention, whatever that was, was held at the White House with a few select people in attendance for that disgusting display of self-aggrandizement and fear-mongering. By that time, it was revealed that large numbers of Republicans were endorsing Joe Biden for president, including many former top officials from various government departments. At that time, it, that was a glimmer of hope. But now it seems that that glimmer is turning into a movement that many former members of the House of Representatives and other former high-ranking officials are signing into. As this Tresina began, this movement put forward a statement of principles that, that stated that they oppose the employment of fear-mongering, conspiracism, and falsehoods, and instead support evidence-based policymaking and honest discourse. Hopefully, this will gain traction and pick up steam. And this is a great time frame to move forward on that. Putting all this aside for a moment, the third major shift that happened as this Tresina opened was the escalation of the hostilities in the Middle East. It all started near the end of the last Tresina, when Israeli police fired stun grenades and rubber bullets in clashes outside of a mosque in Jerusalem, as Israel marked the anniversary of its capture of parts of the city in the 1967 Arab-Israeli War. It was trying to forcefully expel residents from a neighborhood in occupied East Jerusalem to make way for more Israeli settlers. During this attack near the mosque that went on for three consecutive days near the end of the holy month of Ramadan, hundreds of Palestinian worshippers were injured. Hamas, the military defenders of the Palestinians, demanded that Israel stand down. 
and then began firing rockets at them to deter them. And then Israel responded with strikes of their own that hit 130 targets in Gaza, killing 24 Palestinians, including nine children. By the start of this Chikchan Trisina, which often involves some kind of surge of energy, Israel was in the process of calling up 7,000 army reservists and deploying troops and tanks near the Gaza border. We're now six days into this conflict. At the third day in this Trisina, called Three Manique, which is an activating energy that often involves some kind of negotiation. Officially, worldwide, this would be, or the focus would have been on, International Conscientious Objector Day, associated with the raising of awareness of those who refuse to participate in armed conflict for moral or religious reasons, But with the escalation of hostilities between Gaza and Israel, what we have now is massive demonstrations going on around the world in countries such as France, Germany, Spain, the UK, Canada, Lebanon, Iraq, Qatar, in major cities such as London, Paris, Madrid, Montreal, Los Angeles, basically worldwide by protesters supporting the Palestinians in what has become the worst hostilities between Israel and Gaza since the 2014 Gaza War. Earlier today, Israel not only destroyed an 11-story building in Gaza that contained residences and housed international media offices, including the Associated Press News Bureau and Al Jazeera, but also targeted a refugee camp, killing at least 10 people, eight of whom were children. At last count, the death toll in Gaza had risen to 145, including 41 children. With regard to the building that was destroyed, Al Jazeera saw this as a clear act to stop journalists from conducting their sacred duty to inform the world and report events on the ground. They have promised to pursue every available route to hold the Israeli government responsible for its actions. To boot, and this is also unfathomable. This is the 73rd Gregorian anniversary of Nakba or Catastrophe Day, marking the expulsion of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians from their homes when their land was expropriated by the Israeli government after the declaration of the State of Israel in Palestine in 1948. Many fled to Gaza at that time. So, 
A lot is going on, and this is just the beginning of this Dracaena. What often happens energetically at this time, particularly at or near the point of transition between the Ebb Dracaena, the last one, and this Chikchan Dracaena, is that the watery energies seem to intensify. Chikchan is more about swirling life, so to speak, as happened the last time this Chisina came into place last summer, when Hurricane Laura rapidly grew on the very first day and then slammed into the Louisiana coast at Category 4 strength in the early hours of the second day. It's a Tresina that has been known to strongly energize and push people into action. Great passion and even bravery often comes into play at this time, in keeping with Chikchan's life force oriented nature. In ancient Mesoamerica, this energy was depicted in many ways and can be seen quite dramatically in the vivid imagery of the great feathered serpent that adorns so many temples and sacred buildings in ancient Mesoamerican sites. That association of the serpent with water and with life force and liberation and awakening plays out in many ways it's an energy symbolized by spirals and zigzags and undulations and shells and even whirlpools. Its more benevolent aspects can be seen in its connection with the sky through symbolism such as clouds and rainbows and even the Milky Way. But it can also kick up storms as it is doing now in the Middle East. In 1967, a full-scale aerial battle between Arabs and Israelis broke out over the Golan Heights on a one Chikchan day. And now, 76 cycles later, precisely, another episode of hostilities in the same region. I turned to the internet to find more information on the areas under dispute and under the title Palestinian Territories found that this is the name that's been used for many years to describe the territories occupied by Israel since 1967, namely the Gaza Strip and the West Bank which includes East Jerusalem, where that temple was, where Israeli police were firing at Palestinian worshippers. The International Court of Justice has referred to the West Bank, including East Jerusalem, as the Occupied Palestinian Territory, as in occupied by Israelis. 
a term also used by the European Union and the UN and other international organizations. The term Palestinian Authority territories has also been used occasionally to refer to the same regions. So it seems there is good reason to protest what's been going on over there. On a different but not dissimilar note, World War I began on 2 Kimi, which is the second day of this Tresina, which was yesterday, when Germany invaded Belgium in 1914. But note that it also ended under the same two Kimi influence in 1918, when the official peace came into effect. Here you can see evidence of that serpentine Ouroboros effect, the serpent biting its own tail the beginning and end of something coming full circle, often manifesting when events of a similar nature show up upon the return of a particular Maya calendar energy. I just mentioned Hurricane Laura that came in and pounded Louisiana on the first day and second days of this Jacina last summer. Definitely not the first time that this type of thing has happened on one Chichen. Do you remember Hurricane Sandy, the strongest hurricane of the 2012 Atlantic hurricane season? The one that terrorized the East Coast, including New York, the U.S. East Coast? That was exactly 11 cycles ago. The time frame was identical. As this Tresina was coming into place at that time, everything was shutting down in New York, including the stock exchange, schools, businesses, refineries, the transit system, airports. The hurricane hit that area on the third day, three Monique, same energy as today. That was truly a monster hurricane that threatened up to 60 million people in 23 states. It triggered significant flooding across the whole region, and people spent most of this Tresina dealing with it. One vivid memory from that time was President Obama touring New Jersey after the onslaught of the hurricane, after so many buildings had been flattened, and New Jersey Governor Chris Christie giving Obama high praise for how he was handling the situation, sending help, and getting relief efforts going. But you never know exactly what form the life force surge is going to take. At the moment, Given the current severity of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the protests against it, that surge is going to be placed on bringing an end to it. The UN Security Council is due to meet again tomorrow, which is for Lamat, which is a defining kind of energy related to leadership 
a signaling type of energy that sometimes pertains to war or to directions that might be taken. I just learned that Germany's foreign minister has outlined a three-stage de-escalation plan, so all of this is to be continued. We will see what for Lamat might herald. This time I see that International Museum Day is coming in on the sixth day, which can translate as a love everywhere kind of force. And we all know that museums have been struggling for months now due to the pandemic. The focus this year is on recovering and reimagining. So it seems that a lot of creative effort is going on with regard to this process of renewal. I know they could use all the help they can get. And of course, the pandemic is still not over. So recovery will be gradual and ongoing as we continue dealing with this. May 20th marks one Gregorian year since the World Health Organization reported that in the previous 24 hours there had been 106,000 coronavirus cases reported globally, the most in a single day since the coronavirus outbreak began. Now that was a year ago. But India alone topped this on April the 6th, 2021. When this current Tresina began, the global number of cases had reached over 161 million. Now, two days later, it's well over 163 million, so it's still barreling along. And of course, the issues on many other fronts still remain, such as those relating to inequalities. Last summer, this was the Tresine in place when Reverend Al Sharpton and his National Action Network were joined by Martin Luther King III and the families of people who had recently lost their lives due to police brutality. For a rally oriented around the idea of restoring and recommitting to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream of transforming hatred and injustice into freedom for all. The march, called the Get Your Knee Off Our Necks Commitment March, was led by the families that know the pain, as Reverend Sharpton put it. Families who have been directly affected by the hatred and injustices that has been going on for much too long. The march held on Three Monique, again today's energy, focused on enlivening the demands for freedom and justice. It was a strong call 
for police reform and for criminal justice reform, calling on the U.S. Senate to pass a voting rights bill named after the late civil rights icon John Lewis, and police reform legislation named after George Floyd legislation that has already been passed by the House of Representatives, but was still being held up by the Senate, and still is held up by the Republican-choked Senate. But Democrats are working to find ways around this, another to-be-continued kind of situation. I should point out as well that the last day of this Tresina marks one year since the horrific death of George Floyd that triggered those massive Black Lives Matter demonstrations in Minneapolis and elsewhere, as well as that huge push for police reforms and much greater accountability in law enforcement. To return to the pandemic front for a moment, note that we are now recycling back to the energies that were in place when the coronavirus was starting to make its presence known two cycles ago. By the 12th day of this time frame, it will be two cycles exactly. That's two times 260 days or 520 days since the first cluster of patients with, quote, pneumonia of an unknown cause, unquote, was first identified in China in December of 2019. And yes, it is still raging in many places. Thank goodness vaccinations are getting out there, but there is still a long way to go. India is still registering over 300,000 new cases a day. Brazil is still way out of control. And 28 countries worldwide have registered over a million cases each. Some 10% of the entire population of the U.S. has come down with COVID, and as noted earlier, nearly 600,000 people have died there. These are horrific numbers, so we certainly cannot give up on our efforts to fight this. Keep in mind that as we go through this, Tristina, we will see some very strong energy pushes, both in terms of Earth-related forces, but also in terms of people pushing towards justice and equality. I've spoken before about many of the brave and committed warriors for truth and justice who were born during this time frame, including the late Senator John McCain, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, President Obama, and Senator Chuck Schumer, who just became Senate Majority Leader after the inauguration of President Biden. 
He's blasted the Republicans repeatedly for falling into the surreality TV trap, being followers of someone who is so oriented around the falsehoods of surreality TV that he can no longer accept actual reality, but rather cons and bullies others into accepting the surreality of his own fantasies. Schumer is on the front lines of the battle taking place in Washington these days. Another of these warriors is Admiral William H. McRaven, whom I mentioned last time, but is worth mentioning again. Born under the energy of Forlamat the fourth day, that heralding or signaling kind of force is often aligned with leadership. William McRaven was a Navy SEAL officer and a four-star naval admiral who was the first director of all NATO Special Operations Forces. He's now retired, but among his many accomplishments, he's credited with organizing and overseeing the execution of Operation Neptune Spear, the special operations raid that led to the killing of Osama bin Laden in 2011. In 2019, he published an op-ed in the New York Times with the headline, Our Republic is Under Attack from the President, where he warned that the dumpster's policies were a stain on the U.S. and its values. In his words, quote, A good leader sets the example for others to follow. A good leader always puts the welfare of others before himself or herself. At that time, he was addressing the destroyer-in-chief directly when he said that the dumpster showed little of these qualities. He pointed out that through his actions, the dumpster embarrassed people in the eyes of their children, humiliated the U.S. on the world stage, and worst of all, divided the U.S. as a nation. He also accused the dumpster of spreading frustration, humiliation, anger, and fear through the armed forces and of championing despots and strongmen while abandoning U.S. allies. Calling for change, McRaven bluntly stated at that time that the fate of the Republic will depend on putting someone into the Oval Office who will demonstrate the leadership that America needs, both domestically and abroad. That was before the dumpster's first impeachment by the House of Representatives, the one that took place two cycles ago during this Tresino long before the election and long before the insurrection. 
Just over a year ago, McRaven authored a guest editorial in the Washington Post in which he declared that, quote, As Americans, we should be frightened, deeply afraid for the future of the nation. When good men and women can speak the truth, when facts are inconvenient, when integrity and character no longer matter, when presidential ego and self-preservation are more important than national security, then there is nothing left to stop the triumph of evil. He was so right. To return briefly to the central symbol associated with this time frame, that of the serpent or serpentine energy as in the Ouroboros, the serpent biting its own tail. The great mythologist Joseph Campbell called this an image of life. As he put it, the serpent represents immortal energy and consciousness engaged in the field of time, constantly throwing off death and being born again. He reminds us that this idea is repeated in many cultures, with the serpent being seen as eternally alive, symbolic of eternal mysteries. Its energy is back in place now, undulating through this time frame, enlivening all the other energies that are part of this period. As always, this will add energy to the events that are unfolding. But keep in mind that the push, the intent, so to speak, whether it looks like it or not, is always forward towards liberation and renewal. Please note that in my horoscope blog, there is a reproduction of a pre-Columbian image of this Dracaena, showing the Mesoamerican Lord of Fire and Time as a key patron for this period with a second patron serving as a herald. These were important deities, important concepts or metaphors pertaining to this energy sequence. There is a suggestion that this is a time frame when monumental, highly consequential things can happen to move life forward. And certainly, that is how this Dracaena is beginning. More than ever, I think it's important to remember what Admiral McRaven said in his book titled, Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World, when he pointed out that courage is needed to deal with bullies who always seek out the weak. McRaven said that, quote, That courage is within all of us. Dig deep 
and you will find it in abundance. Without it, he said, others will define your path forward. Without it, you are at the mercy of life's temptations. Without courage, men will be ruled by tyrants and despots. But with courage, you can accomplish any goal. With it, you can defy and defeat evil. We are now getting a much clearer picture about who has courage and who doesn't. And the battle rages on. As always, there is much more that could be said about people like Admiral McRaven and so many like him who fight for freedom and justice on a daily basis. But as usual, there are time constraints. More about these specific days and the nature of the energies within this time frame can be found in my Maya Count of Days horoscope blog, which can be found at whitepoppress.ca and mayacalendararts.com. Just click on Horoscope Blog to take you to that section. For anyone who might like some assistance directly from me in terms of exploring how these energies may work within your own lives, there are a number of options outlined on that Maya Calendar Arts site. There are many different ways in which to work with these energies. Contact information is in the websites if you have any questions. I'm going to close with a quote that I have mentioned before from the great soul Mahatma Gandhi, the Indian lawyer, politician, and social activist who became one of the 20th century's greatest political and spiritual leaders and one of this planet's greatest warriors for truth and justice. Gandhi was born in 1869 on a six-oak day with the energy of love and guidance everywhere, which is the sixth day of this Chasina. Gandhi once said, quote, Power is of two kinds. One is obtained by the fear of punishment and the other by acts of love. Power based on love is a thousand times more effective and permanent than the one derived from fear of punishment. I can think of a few people in Washington and elsewhere who need to give this some deep thought. Gandhi also said, quote, When I despair, I remember that all through history, the ways of truth and love have always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they can seem invincible, but in the end they always fall. Think of it always. Courage, we're getting there. Until next time, be well, keep safe. 
loved you all.